How many of you love uh, your pastors, Pastor Kevin and Tracy? Shepherds of the first order. Not many shepherds that love like they love. They love your soul, and they certainly aren't concerned about everything that concerns you. And how about that uh, Noah? Where's Noah at? What happened to Kelly? Oh, she's taking care of nursery day. How many love uh, Noah? I had a prophetic dream. I'm prophetic and not pathetic. I had a prophetic dream about Noah uh, recently, and, and you and I made it to heaven, and that's, isn't that good news? <laughs> and uh, when I entered, I entered into the gates, the, 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 the angel of the Lord handed me some chalk, and there was a Holy Ghost ladder going up to a big chalkboard and said, go write your, your sins that you weren't, you hadn't confessed before you died. So I was going up the ladder and Noah was coming down. I said, where are you going, Noah? I said, I'm going to get some more chalk. <laughs> He's good, though. I mean, just because we're born again doesn't mean that we're not capable of sin. Has anybody sinned in the last 24 hours beside me? Okay. It's anything that shows for it. Oh, you did two sins. <laughs> Bless you, Jesus. Help her. That's great. Well, I, I'm so glad I'm in, in a house where we're being sanctified, set apart into the Father's heart. And uh, next to me is the beauty. Again, it's the beast and the beauty. I think I shared with the leadership team one time that when, when uh, God made Adam, of course, you know, Adam was made from the dust. That, that's been taught to you here? How many of you knew that he was, came from the dust, the first man? And dust he returns. And so, therefore, anything made from the dust is rough, ugly, rough, rugged, and ugly. And I never saw a beautiful man. <laughs> Most all men are ugly. You know, they're just, you know, and the older we get, the more ugly we get. <laughs> my ears are still growing. My nose is still growing. Let's look at these ears. And they're still growing. That's frightful. <laughs> Isn't it marvelous? It is. But women were made from the flesh. How I many know that women were made from the flesh? And so, therefore, they're vivacious, they're vibrant, and they're be beautiful. And the older Marvis gets, the more beautiful she gets. And isn't that, isn't that fantastic? And Brother Kevin, I noticed Tracy, every year I come back, she's more beautiful than before. And you're more... <laughs> I hate to browbeat Ben, uh, but that's beautiful. Uh, Charles, give me that song. I'm I'm a, I'm, I shift gears quick. I can be in the flesh one moment and the spirit the next. So I know how to do it. And it doesn't bother the Holy Spirit. Some of you are too religious. You, you don't think that life ought to be fun. I've been sad. My daughter died five weeks ago. I've been very sad at times, very grievous, but I have joy. See, joy doesn't depend on your circumstance. It depends on your relationship with the Lord Jesus. And I have a relationship. I, I don't always keep it solid, but I do my best to sit at his feet. And when I do that, joy comes forth. And I have joy today. I, I'm, I'm, 
joyful to be here, joyful to be with your pastors, and I love all of you. This is a great church, and you're going to get greater because the anointing is going to pick up in this hour. It's not going to decrease. It's going to increase. The, the hour is going to get darker in the world system. We're moving toward the day of the Lord, and I think we're in it. That means great darkness is going to cover the earth, but the glory of the Lord shall settle on his people, and so we're going to really be in a good place. Even in, in the worst of the end of the age, we're going to be okay. We're going to have joy in the midst of it because the Holy Spirit's present. Now, one thing that I, I can, that I do is that when I lay hands on young men and women, especially that are separated, especially fivefold ministry, there's an impartation that takes place. The Holy Spirit told me that through another prophet. That, uh, and so I, I do that especially when I sense uh, a calling and a separation, a consecration, uh, I like to lay hands and, and give some impartation. I want Howard and Rachel to come up here. Robert and Rachel. Robert. Where are you at, Robert? I want you two just to come. I want to lay hands on you. Marvelous Mary and I. How many of you love Robert and Rachel? Hallelujah. Just stand in front of my wife and I, and Rachel in front of my marvelous. Get ready to lay hands. Uh, you know, the kingdom of God is all about remaining like a little boy and a little girl. Uh, when, the, when Jesus told his disciples that unless you become like a child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And I just picked this up with you, Robert and Rachel. You're just like a little boy and a girl in the kingdom. God, I'm so amazed at what you're doing. And stay that way. Don't ever lose that amazement at what great things the Lord's doing. And uh, come down just a little bit. In Jesus' name. Just begin to put your hand on her belly, Mary. Because out of that belly is going to flow rivers of living water. In Jesus' name. Robert, you and Rachel, 2009 is going to be your year of consecration and separation into the heart of the Father. God's going to do something fresh in you because you're hungry. Blessed are they that hunger, for they shall be filled. And I hear the word of the Lord. I've created a hunger on the inside of them, and i am come to fill them. I've come to thrill them. I've come to spill them. God's going to spill you and your wife, all over young people. Just lift up your hands and surrender. For this is the year. This is the year when I'm going to cause my spirit to be outpoured upon you, says the Lord of hosts. A Priscilla and an Aquila ministry, together you're going to minister the word of the Lord. And together you're going to see young men and women raise up for the glory of God's kingdom in Jesus' name. The Lord said, I've separated you as an example couple in this body. You're a son and a daughter to the pastor and his wife, and you're coming forth in this hour in Jesus' name. And the same mantle that's on your pastors is falling upon you, a pastoral mantle to shepherd the sheep and to feed the sheep 
and to count the sheep. You're going to be concerned about the sheep. I see you holding a tablet, wondering where this one's at, wondering where that one's at, like you're writing down names. And you're, you're, you're pursuing the sheep, says the Lord. You're going to be sheep herders in the house of the Lord, bringing the sheep into the fold and feeding the sheep and watching over the feet, sheep and protecting them from the wolves that have come to destroy them. And I'm going to give you the eye to see, says the Lord. And, and you're, going to be, you're going to be raised up as a leadership team in this body for the glory of God. Father, we receive that, we seal that as we lay hands. A pastoral anointing and mantle and a teaching mantle upon their life to release the glory of God in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you. Thank you, girl. That's great. They're keepers. You know, I'm a caster. You can turn me. I'm feeding back in my teeth. I don't have many left, but I'm feeding back. I'm a caster, and, and we fish the mouth of the river, and we fish speckled trout and redfish. And speckled trout has to be 12 inches, but if he's 12 inches or longer, that's a keeper. And a redfish, 16. And I just want to say, Robert and Rachel, you're keepers. We're not throwing you away. We're going to keep you for the glory of God. In Jesus' name. And uh, this is Marvelous Mary again. You can, you can shut the music down. Thank you, Charles. You can shut it down. You're a little slow, Charles. It's okay. It's, he's, he's good. How many love Charles? Anybody know him? <laughs> My Lord, you all love everybody, don't you? You're like, how many love dogs and cats? Good love just all over this place. Don't you feel it, Mary? Uh, I was Mary's first love. And I was sharing with the pastors how it happened. Uh, when I was young, I used to look pretty good. But I got older, everything went south. And uh, when she saw me, I was at a football game in Eunice, Louisiana. We're from southwest Louisiana, near Mamou and Basile. You know where that's at? Crowley, yeah, Lafayette. I mean, know where Lafayette's at. Well, you don't study geography here. <laughs> and and I had a, my head was shaved. We were I was a freshman at college. I used to shave our heads and just look at me when my head shaved. My ears were sticking out. They're bigger now, but they were. And I had a duck collar around my chest because I would call ducks at football games. I'm a I'm a killer. I killed, uh, especially ducks. If, again, if it flies, it dies. And 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 I was there, and Mary was passing down with my sister, and she looked up at me. And she said, "When she saw me, the lights went on. <laughs> it was love at first sight, wasn't it, Mary?" That's it, first. Yeah. But it was my lips that got her. <laughs> Two years ago, we were in the kitchen, and this is a true story. Some of that I just said was a little exaggerated. It, you know, it just makes me feel good about myself. But about two years ago, we were standing in the kitchen, and I saw her eyes when it, I, I could, you know, her eyes just got sort of milky looking. And, you know, those that look men that women give you at times, that real sweet, milky. You know what I'm talking about, Michael? Yeah, isn't it beautiful? And she said, Rod, you got beautiful lips. That's what she told me.
and so I'm proud of my lips. They're big. You know, I don't need Botox, and, and people of color have big lips. Isn't that beautiful? And so these white folks here, they don't know what it is to have nice lips. Y'all got to go get these things injected in you. Well, you got little lips, Brother Beard. Yeah, they about look like, look like little strips of liver. Marvelous, why don't you greet these South Carolina beautiful people? Praise God. Some, sometimes people ask us, is he like that all the time? I said 24-7. Sometimes I don't feel like laughing. Like some of you today, I look at you and you don't know what you're looking at. I'm a Cajun. I'm third world country. And what you see is what you get. Hallelujah. But, you know the word of God. but I can preach the word of God. I'm getting ready to. <laughs> Go ahead, Marvelous. Storms and trials come against us. They beat us down. Uh, we just feel like uh, laying down and just dying. But, you know, God is our hope. He's our strength. And That's right. Look to him. Look to him. His strength and his grace will cause us to get back up and stay in the fight. In Amen. Jesus' name. You know, uh, the word of God says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. And the devil wants to rob our hope. That's right. He wants to rob our faith. And we lose our hope and faith in him, then we don't have much. And that's, that's what right. the devil wants. But Thank the you, devil Father. is a thief. He comes to rob He's a liar. And so, you know, I, I was sharing, we were in a conference this week, this past week in Orlando, and I was sharing with uh, the ladies at luncheon. You know, faith is like film. You know, film is developed in a dark place. And so our faith is developed dark times in our life, whether That's we're right. going to believe him, whether we're going to get up, or whether we're going to go on. Uh, and, you know, in the dark places, we learn to lean on God. And, you know, that's not all the time does God bring those dark places, but you know what? We need to let disappointments in our life <coughs> be his appointments in our life. And if we can learn to do that, we're going to be victorious, even in the dark times. Yeah. You know, God loves you. He knows the sparrow that falls to the ground. He knows the hairs numbered on your head. How much more does he care about you? He cares about every detail of your life and my life. God bless you. I love you. That's great. That's great, Mama. Hallelujah. Did you know that, Pastor Kevin? He knows the number of hairs that are on your head. You know? It's not a big chore. But anyway... <laughs> I, I'm supposed to. I, I'm I'm supposed to learn more and more about the Lord as I'm getting older, so I can help people find their way well. And so I, I have learned. I've found out a new tool about counseling. How I many you know that we don't need to sit two, three hours with one person? There's shortcuts and to get to the point and get it done. And so uh, I've learned a new shortcut in counseling. It's called Stop It. And, and so uh, I, I got a little DVD I've learned from. It's just a five-minute thing for I minister the Word. So, um, Dan the man, you handling that, or Charles? Why don't you go ahead and turn that clip?
Uh, Dr. Switzer? Uh, yes, C come in. I'm just, just washing my hands. Uh, I'm Catherine Bigman. Janet Carlisle referred me. Oh, yes. Uh, here being uh, buried alive in a box. Yes, yes, that's me. <laughs> Should I lay down? Oh, no, 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 we don't. We don't do that anymore. Just, just have a seat. And, uh, and let, let me uh, tell you a, a bit about our, our billing. I, um, I charge five dollars for the for the first five minutes, and and then absolutely nothing after that. How, how, how does that sound? <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> Too good to be true, as a matter of fact. <laughs> well, I can I can almost guarantee you that that our session won't last the full uh, the full five minutes. Now, um, <laughs> we don't do any insurance billing, so you would either have to pay in in cash or by check. <clears throat> wow. Okay. And, I, and I, I don't make change. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and go. <laughs> go. Well, tell what? me, tell me about the problem that you wish to address. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I have this fear of being buried alive in a box. <laughs> I just, I start thinking about being buried alive, and I begin to panic. Has, has, has anyone ever, ever tried to, to bury you alive in a box? No. No, but truly thinking about it does make my life horrible. I mean, I can't go through tunnels or be in an elevator or in a house, anything boxy. So what, what you're saying is you're, uh, you're claustrophobic. Uh, yes. Yes, that's it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's go, Catherine. I'm uh, I'm going to uh, say two words to you right now. I, I want you to listen to them very, very carefully. Then I want you to take them out of the office with you and incorporate them in into your life. Well, shall I uh, write them down? Well, it, if it makes you comfortable, it's just two words. Most we find most people can uh, can remember them. <laughs> okay. You ready? Yes. Okay. Here, here they are. Stop it! I'm sorry? Stop it! Stop it? Yes. S-T-O-P, new word, I-T. So, what are you saying? <laughs> you, you know, it's funny. I, I, I say two simple words, and I cannot tell you the amount of people who say exactly the same thing you're saying. I mean, this, you know, this is not Yiddish, Catherine. This is English. Stop it. So I should just stop it. There you go. I mean, you, you, you don't want to go through life being scared of being buried alive in a box, do you? I mean, that sounds, sounds frightening. Yes. Then stop it. I, I can't. I mean, it's been with me no, since no, childhood. No, no, no. No, we, 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 we don't go there. Just, just stop it. So I should just stop being afraid of being buried alive in a box. You got it. Good girl. Well, it's only been it's only been three minutes, so that will be um, uh, three dollars. Uh, I only have a five, so. Well, I, I don't I don't make change. Then I I guess I'll take the full five minutes. Fine. All right. Well, what other uh, problems would you would you like to address? <clears throat> Uh, I'm bulimic. 
I stick my fingers down my throat. Stop it! <laughs> Not of some kind. Don't don't do that. But I, I'm compelled to. My mom used to call me. No, Daddy. no, no, no. No, we we don't go there. But I've been having this dream. No, we don't go there either. But my horoscope did say. We definitely don't go there. Just, <laughs> just stop it. What 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 else? I have self-destructive relationships with men. Stop it! <laughs> you you want to be with a man, don't you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, then stop it. <laughs> don't be such a big baby. I wash my hands a lot. That's all right. <laughs> it is. I I wash my hands all the time. There's a lot of germs out there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Don't don't uh, don't worry about that. I'm afraid to drive. Well, stop it! How are you going to get around? Get in the car and drive, you you kook! Stop it! You stop it! You stop it! What's what's the problem, Kat? I don't like this. I don't like this therapy at all. You're just telling me to stop it. And and you and you don't you don't like that. No, I don't. So you think we're we're moving too fast? Is that it? Yes. Yes, I do. All right, then let me uh, let me uh, give you ten words that I I think will uh, clear everything up for you. Uh, you want you want to get a pad and a pencil for this one? All right. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Here are the ten words. Stop it, or I'll bury you alive in a box. I like that. That offends you. You, you know. I, I don't know what to say. I just stop it. Stop. It. Some of you need to laugh a little bit. If you'd smile, your face would crack. I, I'm at I'm at John ten ten, but don't turn to Second Corinthians one one three. I'm reading out Amplified in John ten ten, just introductory text. But go to Second uh, Corinthians one three, and you can put that first slide up on the uh, John Dan Dan the man about who who is God. John 10, 10, the thief comes only in order that he may steal, that he may kill, that he may destroy. He doesn't have to. That's a subjunctive tense. We have an English teacher in the house. Any English teachers? How many of you know what a subjunctive tense means? It's, it's a potential of happening. The devil doesn't need to steal in our life. He doesn't need to kill, divide, and destroy. We, we can stop him. We can say, stop it. And in, in the authority of Jesus Christ, he has to listen. But Jesus said, I've come that they may have and enjoy life. Come on, let's enjoy life. While we have you only here for a brief season, while we're here, let's enjoy it. In spite of our heartaches and setbacks, in spite of our tears and trials, we ought to yield to the Holy Spirit and let the joy take over at some point. Jesus said, I've come that they may have. That's subjunctive tense. 
That's your decision, not his. He already wants to give you the abundant life. That he may have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Come on, the world's looking for somebody that's overflowing with joy, that has life, that has love, that has laughter. They're not looking for people who are going around mourning and complaining. How many know that? People are attracted to smiles. They're attracted to laughter. When Mary and I on an airplane, that's now our second home. We're on an airplane. We fly back tonight. We fly out Monday again to Missouri to help Brother Larry Stockstill do a pastor's encounter. So we're in the air. And the air is our place of releasing joy and life. And when we get an opportunity, people sitting next to us, if they let us, we start loving on them and sharing with them and really asking them questions about their life. And we get great responses and get to pray with people on airplanes. People begin to weep. And they're looking for somebody who cares and loves and somebody who has a few answers and really has the joy and life of Jesus. Can you say amen? amen. So, so you need to enjoy your, his presence and enjoy the life he gives you. Even when you sin, the blood will go ahead and cleanse you and give you back your joy. Can you say amen? So we serve the God of life, love, and laughter. And he has come that we may have life in its fullest measure. But for you to experience that, you've got to know who he is. You've got to encounter who he is. And, and, and the Father has many expressions in his heart through the Lord Jesus. And I want to look at a few today. I'm going to end up at one in particular the God of hope. But I want to share uh, who is God. He asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? The son of man am. And then uh, I think it was, was it Peter who responded? Theologian here? Yeah. Some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elias. Some say you're Jeremiah or some other prophet. But who do you say that I am? And then Peter made that profound confession which the whole church is built upon. Thou art the Christ, the anointed one sent by God to dispossess the rule of Satan and usher in the rule of God. That's what Christ means. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And, and, and uh, of course, the Lord complimented him. That, that what was, that's the confession he builds his kingdom on. Jesus is Lord. And so today I want us to see God for just a few minutes and various expressions. 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 3. Uh, just go ahead, uh, Dan the man. Go ahead. Stop there. Blessed be the God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. How many know he's the Father of mercies? Yes, he is. He's the source. The Living Bible said he's the source of all mercy in Jesus' name. The kind teacher. I faced a federal judge recently. Thank God he was an understanding judge. I'd kill a bunch of ducks. We always kept it. I was within my limit, by the way, if you're, you're a legalist. I was, but I do stay in my limit. I need to obey the, the lands, the law. I don't like to obey the law of the land sometimes, but I need to obey. Can you say amen? And, but I gave my six ducks away to, to a drug guy on the, uh, running the drugs, and he's cooking on the levee for a bunch of men. And I gave him my six ducks. I had no idea I was supposed to tag them. Never heard of that law. That's not, that's a, that's not a good law. I, I'm, I'm going to write my congressman and tell him it's a bad law. And the game boards came up on him after I left, and they, they had over limit with my six ducks, and so they squealed on me. They said, Rod Aguilar, and they gave him my phone number, my cell number, and gave him everything. So that's what you call friends. 
And then the game warden came and saw me in my town and said, you broke the law. You gave six ducks away without tagging them, so you, you, you didn't give me a ticket, but I got a letter. I had to face a federal judge. And so I appeared before the federal judge, and I could tell him he was looking at me kind of funny because I have a record. During the pro-life movement, we rescued unborn babies, and we got arrested for arresting for boycotting abortion mills and shutting them down for the day. And I had a federal felony against me because I impeded a federal marshal in Wichita. And all I did was sit at his feet. And, of course, you don't sit at the federal marshal's feet. He didn't like that. And so they put me in chains and locked me in, a, in a, me and a whole bunch of other Cajuns. And I, and, but the felony was reduced to misdemeanor. But on my record, it says impeding a federal marshal, in fact, attacking a federal marshal. And, and the judge was looking at me kind of funny. But I expressed my heart to him. And he, he stood there and said, uh, Mr. Aguilar, I was about to take your license away for a year. Oh, my heart dropped to my feet. Can you imagine me not killing nothing for a year? <laughs> but he said, I, I see you've got a good heart, and, and I'm just going to fine you $250. Well, hallelujah. But anyway, uh, he had mercy on me because federal judges don't forgive anything. Uh, they're little... They're good people. <laughs> the compassionate doctor. The compassionate doctor, even if he's not saved, I've seen doctors weep over patients. The, the merciful mama. This is Mrs. Mercy right here. I'm telling you, she's full of mercy. I'm full of justice. She's full of mercy. And all this mercy comes from the Father. And justice comes from the Father, too. What a good thing for justice and mercy to kiss. And you say, amen, by mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, the scripture says. So he's the God of mercy. I deserve hell, but for his mercy, I have heaven. And you deserve hell, but for his mercy, we have heaven. Listen to the psalmist. He doesn't deal with us after our sins, nor does he reward us according to our lawlessness or disobedience. The psalmist said he's plenteous in mercy. His mercies are new every morning. Mercy means he's ready to forgive. He's ready to heal. He's ready to restore. He's ready to bless. God's not a curser. He's a blesser. And he's ready this morning to bless your socks off in Jesus' name. He wants to love on you, and he wants to bless you coming in and going out. That's his word. In fact, if you'll obey him, his blessings will tackle you. And you've seen some tackling going on in that thing with Brother Noah. And what wasn't very good tackles, by the way. That was sort of weak. Louisiana, we don't tackle I me. Mean, if we're going to tackle you, buddy, we'll knock the snot out of you. Y'all were just playing a bit. But Cajuns are that way. We're funny people. Who is God? He's the God of all comfort, verse 3 said. He's the God of all comfort. He is the God of all comfort. He is the Father of mercies, and he is the God of all comfort. Jesus said, it's expedient I go away. I'm going to send you another comforter one who is just like I am, in Jesus' name. The word means a strengthener, one alongside you to strengthen you through the storms of life. Emmanuel, God's with us. The Holy Ghost helpeth our infirmities. At the midnight hour when no one else is around, the comforter will come. Yes, he will. The, the day that my daughter died in December the 11th, 2008, the most darkest day of all of our life. And... I can remember that night, and I was holding Mary, and, and all I could do was say, help. 
Father, help us. And Mary would lay there and said, Rod, just hold me. And <laughs> said, it feels like my heart's about to burst. But the comforter has come. And he just has instructed me, just say heaven. And so when the memory comes back, I say heaven. And, and everything settles back down. He's a wonderful comforter. The midnight hour when no one else is around, he'll visit you and strengthen you to go through the storms of life. Isn't it great, the God whom we serve? I just love him, and I, I, I don't want to disappoint him. Do you? He giveth power to the faint. Them have no might. He increases strength. Who is God? Uh, Dan, he's the God of peace. He's the God of peace. He is the God of peace. And keep, yeah. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. I pray your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless into the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God we serve Jehovah Shalom. He's the God of peace. He was wounded. Isaiah said he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our lawlessness. And, and with his scourging we are healed. And the judgment of our peace was upon him. In other words, he, he, he took our... He took our mental oppressions in exchange for our peace. Our peace is ours. Along, he he took our fears. He took our anxieties. He he took our troubles on the cross with him, that we might have his peace in Jesus' name. Thank God for his peace in Jesus' name. Some of you have lost your peace, and you're going to get it back in just a few seconds. We're going to declare peace, and I ask the God of peace to touch you in Jesus' name. I, I was traveling to. Cape Cod this October year ago, and cages don't do good up north. The roads get very complicated. Louisiana, the roads just, just go one direction, but up north, up north, it got all, Boston, I've been, I got lost in Boston three or four times just trying to get out of there. The time I hit Cape Fear, because it turned into Cape Fear for me, the time I hit Cape Fear, I was exhausted. It was late at night, and when Cajuns get exhausted, they don't do good. I mean, they don't they begin to fall apart, and especially in Yankee country. And uh, I'm glad they won the war. But anyway, when, when I got to Cape Cod, I got lost on Cape Cod. I mean, it's only about two miles wide, but I got lost on Cape Cod. And, and fear, fear, when you're tired and exhausted, any, fear began to, I mean, here I am on Cape, you know, I'm usually a courageous man, but somehow I lost it over there. And and I, I was so tired and exhausted, and, and I lost my peace. Boy, when you lost your peace, you're in trouble. And, and I, I believe if someone would have, and excuse this, Brother Kevin, if someone would have offered me something to drink or something to ease the anxiety, I probably would have took it, and I'd have been backslidden, and I wouldn't be here today so, but, <laughs> because you wouldn't let me back in the house. But anyway, anyway uh, uh, we finally found our way, but we, it was midnight before we got to our room. But uh, during that period, I read about the cushion of the sea. The Atlantic Ocean is just east of you, right? In, in that Atlantic out there. And, and there's places in the Atlantic that are several miles deep. Did you know that? I mean, you knew that. And the, the story is, or the truth is, that when storms come, 
when waves get 30, 40 feet high on the surface, you go down about two miles and nothing moves. It's called the cushion of the sea. And there's a place in God that's, that's there. There's a cushion of the sea for us to press into the abiding presence of God. No matter what the circumstances are, we can still have peace. And so I'm pressing into the cushion of the sea, into that abiding presence where the God of peace lives. If you have lost your peace, if you're struggling right now with fears or anxieties or worries, I just want you to stand up very quickly. I'm going to declare we're going to believe for the God of peace to hit you right now. Just stand up very quickly. And some of you that are standing, it's like your mind has been in a vice, that things have been pressing in, pressures and circumstances of life. I've been there. I've been there recently when my daughter died. It just seemed like the whole world was coming to an end for a minute. But as you lift up your hands and surrender to the God of peace, Father, these are your sons. These are your daughters. And you said, they that keep their mind state upon the Lord shall have perfect peace. Now, I'm, I'm going to instruct you right now for every one look at your circumstances, take 10 Ten looks to the God of peace. They that keep their minds stayed upon the Lord shall have perfect peace. Father, I come against every anxiety, every worry, every frustration, everything that's coming against their mind. Father, I release the God of peace into their minds. And the Lord wants to let you to know this, I'm hearing this, that everything is going to be all right in Jesus' name. Just take it one day at a time now. Everything is going to work for your good, as the pastor said. The bad things, the glad things, the sad things, everything is working for your good. So, Father, we trust you now with our lives. We trust you with our finances. We trust you with our children. We trust you with that person that has broken off from us, that we're heartbroken of. We just trust you with that in Jesus' name. You're now working it for our good in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. He's the God of peace. Thank God for peace. I don't know how many times I've called that out to him in the past few weeks. God, you said, they that keep their mind stayed upon the Lord shall have perfect peace. And now we serve the God of all grace. He's the God of all grace. First Peter 5.10, but the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After that, you have suffered. I don't like that. I don't like that word, suffer. How many like the word suffer? You know, you're not going to escape it in this life. There's going to be suffering. Some, 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 the only way you'll know the deep depth of his grace is through your suffering. And I wish there was another way to learn it. But for most of us, that is, that's, the way, that's the way into the throne of grace. After you suffered a while, make you perfect, establish you, strengthen you, settle you. Thank God for grace. Can you say amen? Grace to be, grace to see, grace to do in Jesus' name. We serve Je Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who is present, that God is with us. God's not against us. God's for us. God is with us through the heartbreaks and setbacks of life. The Bible says that David had great success because the Lord was with him. And I declare in Jesus' name that he's not a respected person. He's rich unto all that call. That whatsoever you set your hands to do, you're going to prosper in Jesus' name. Because the God of favor is for you. At the cross, Jesus took your wrath that you might have his favor. God's wrath is not against us. Even when we fail, even when we mess up, even when we sin, even when we do something that doesn't please him, his anger is not against us. 
Jesus took that. Your sins are covered from the womb to the tomb in Jesus' name. And I'm not with flaky grace. Now, I'm not with that, 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 that namby-pamby flaky stuff, but it's true. God's grace and favor is against you in Jesus' name. So let's all stand up and honor the God of all grace in Jesus' name. Father, we honor you today as the God of all grace. Father, we receive your favor today that whatsoever they set their hands to do, they're going to prosper. That everyone that is standing, God, you're going to cause favor to fall on their jobs, favor to fall in their relationships. Whatever they set their hearts and hands to do, the favor of God's going to be upon their life. And God, you're not a respecter of persons. King David had great success because God was with him. God, your people are going to have great success in this life, in college, in their vocation, in their family, because you're with them. You're not against them. Favors all over us. And we receive it today, and we honor you today in it, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, who is God? Dan, we serve the God of hope. The God of hope. We serve the God of a better day. Don't care what it looks like, don't care what it feels like, don't care what it smells like, a better day is coming for his kids. Can you say amen? We have a loving father. He sees every hurt. He sees every, as my wife said, he sees the sparrow fall. How much more value of you than, than the sparrow? He numbers the hair on your head. Uh, you're, you're precious to him. Every one of you are very important to the Father. I know that's not easy to receive, but it's still true in Jesus' name. And so we serve the God of hope. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. There it is again. That you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Hope is an outworking of faith. Peace and joy is an outworking of hope. Faith is in the heart. Faith said, I am persuaded that what God has promised, he will do. Uh, so faith is a heart persuasion. Hope is in the mind. Hope is the helmet of your salvation. It protects your mind from the onslaughts of the devil, of your enemy. In Jesus' name, hope is that positive attitude. Don't care what it seems like. It may be Friday, but Sundays are coming. In Jesus, may be weeping for the night. But I know joy is going to come in the morning, in Jesus' name. Devil, when you've threw your best shot and have thrown your best shot, I'm going to stand again, in Jesus' name. That's hope. Hope sees a better day coming. Hope says the worst is behind and the best is always ahead. That God's not going to do less with me than he did in the future. He's going to do more with me. God's not regressive. He's progressive, in Jesus' name. And his favor is not going to come off of me. It's going to increase. God's the God of increase in Jesus' name. So thank God we serve the God of hope, the God of a better day in Jesus' name. I'm full of hope. I'm full of hope. I, I see heaven. I see my daughter in heaven. I have heavenly hope. I'm confident that she's there. Proverbs 13, 12, Mary quoted it, hope deferred. And I think that may be on the next slide. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, when the desire cometh, when the desire cometh, it's a tree of life. For a season, your heart may be sick. It may be a dark day. As Mary said, in the darkness is where God does his greatest work because God's a God of light. He works in darkness sometimes better because that's when we really look to him for help. 
and your help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. I look under the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. In Jesus' name. And so when, when the hope cometh, but hope deferred, uh, the disappointment of a wayward child, I've been there, makes the heart sick. You know what I'm talking about. The disappointment of a wayward spouse makes the heart. Mary and I have never been separated, but we've had our bad days. I share with the pastors, we've been happily married 20 years, not bad out of 50. I share with the people last night, when Mary finally got hold of how to adapt to your husband, everything smoothed out. My secretary, Laurie Ray, she's a very strong-willed woman, but a great girl. And Mary comes in the office. Sometimes I'm doing work, and I ask Mary, do this. I Mary, go get me a cup of water. Mary, Mary doesn't even think, think second, and she goes upstairs. And my secretary's there with her mouth open. Pizza walks in. Mary, go get me some pizza in there. She just goes out and gets it and brings it back. And my secretary just, it's like she wants to just hit me or something. For, I don't really command my wife, but I, you know, I don't, you know, I, I just, I'm just a strong leader. <laughs> we were running, going down the highway one day, and I, and I had some Christian music on. We usually listen to Christian music, and, and uh, Mary likes R and B, but we were listening to Christian music that day, and, and I said, "Mary, praise him." Praise him, Mary. I said, I, you praise him. I'm not going <laughs> to praise him every time you tell me to pray. Praise him, Mary. And so, hey, Mary, praise him. <laughs> and I share that Brother Larry Stocksdale's church. I preach for Bethany. I'm an overseer. I preach there every once in a while. And, and Larry got a kick out of that. And so he got, he's on radio and television, Baton Rouge. And he began to say, praise him, Mary, on the TV and began to laugh. And the Catholics began to call him. Because they f- thought he was mocking Mary, the mother of Jesus, you know, and so he had to cut that out. That's hilarious. <laughs> What's the problem, Mary? What did you say? I was a bad influence, yeah. Yeah, I'm going I'm to affect your husband one day. The disappointment of finance. How many ever had a financial setback? Doesn't it for a season make your heart sick? You know, so you're all human. I, I, I've seen the face of the... You ever hear of Hurricane Katrina here? You heard of her? And that was a wicked storm. And I, I was there right after Katrina hit. I went to St. Bernard Parish, which was 60,000 people lived there. 60,000 people were dispersed. Every home was flooded in St. Bernard Parish. That's where we duck hunt at, in that parish. But I went there the day after, and I watched people coming out of their homes go trying to recover. Mud was that thick, the old marsh mud, swamp mud was that thick in their homes. I watched them coming out of their homes with little baseball bats or little hobby horses of some for their kids or grandkids. And, and you sh- the look on their face was the look of hopelessness. But even the valley of trouble, God opens up a door of hope in Jesus' name. So I don't care what it looks like, smells like, feels like, we serve the God of hope. A better day is coming. I don't care how hard it looks today. I'm, if you'll just stand and believe and expect a better day is a coming in Jesus' name. Uh, the Lord Jesus has a proven record of the God of hope. Uh, that's Matthew 4.16. I think that's up on the screen. At the first coming, 
No, go back. You were at the right. Jesus came in the midst of a dark and hopeless system. And I quote, The people who sat in darkness saw a great light. And of them who sat in the region shadow of death, light has sprung up. I mean, you know, Jesus came to bring life to the lifeless, hope to the hopeless in Jesus' name, and help to the helpless. And this region needs to see the God of hope. I tell you, there's some suffering people out there. I mean, if you'll just get a little alert and get a little sober when you go out there to, you got Piggly Wigglies here, Win Dixie, Sam. If you'll just be a little sensitive to what's out there. Since we lost our daughter, I mean, people are coming to us uh, just for hope. Lady in the bank, she saw me walk in just three or four days after Lynn's funeral, and she came to me and said, my name is Cindy. You don't know me, but I just lost my daughter last year. She overdosed with drugs. We think it was suicide. And she said, I, I feel what you feel. And I, I, in that office, I grabbed her hand and started praying with her. There's a God of hope. A better day is coming. Mary just met someone the other day. My daughter just met a lady, began to weep. And bat, my daughter lives in Baton Rouge. She goes to Bethany. And a lady came to her weeping, not saved yet, but her, her, her sister committed suicide. Uh, and two brothers, three, committed suicide. My daughter committed suicide. And so they're coming to us for hope. Ah, there's some suffering people out there. If they know you've suffered a little bit and your eyes are still bright, they're going to come to you. In Jesus' name. I said, God, use it. Give me justice for my daughter, the one I've lost. Give me justice. And let multitudes be set free in Jesus. Let my testimony that Jesus Christ lives, he loves, he reigns, and that there's a hope, there's a heaven. Let me help set people free. And it's going to happen. God's going to give us justice. Can you say amen? Amen. Why? Because we serve the God of hope, the God of a better day in Jesus' name. What is hope? Glad you asked me. The English word for hope is very weak, and I'm hurrying because we have an airplane to get to soon. Uh, The English word is weak. It means wishful thinking in the English. I wish I may, I wish I might. First star I see tonight, I wish I may, I wish I might that my, my, my hope come true tonight or my wish come true tonight. See, that's weak, but the, but the scriptural word for hope, the Greek word for hope is strong. It's a strong word. It's a confident expectation that what God says is going to happen in Jesus' name. It, it's a confident expectation in Jesus. Whatever the Lord, you need to see what the Lord's saying to you because he's saying something to you even today, but even tomorrow as you sit at the feet of the Lord Jesus, he's going to say something to you. He's going to quicken promises to you, and what he says, you can put it in the bank. It's going to happen sooner or later. That better days are coming in Jesus' name. Abraham was promised a seed, he was, and he was fully persuaded that what God had spoken, he promised he was able to form it. We, Abraham served the God of hope, and I'm turning to, to Romans 4.17. As it is written, God told Abraham. My, my mouth's dry here. Uh, I didn't take any Prozac, did I, Mary? Why is my mouth so dry? Must be the food in South Carolina. I'm not drinking because I'm thirsty. I'm drinking because my mouth is dry. That's unusual for me. Usually I got a lot of spit, Cajun spit a lot. I'm sorry if I offend you, but that's just the way I talk. You know, we got a lot of spit and a lot of fluids in our system. Nose, mouth. I carried several handkerchiefs with me just to keep myself clean. You don't have to leave. Uh, but uh, 
As it's written, I made thee a father of many nations. The promise was given, the promise was written in Genesis 15.4. That's what the Holy Spirit's referring to. At 70, he was promised the son. There's always hope, no matter what your age is. At Genesis 17.5, at 99, he affirmed the promise that thy name should not be called Abram, but Abraham, the father of nations. And so Mary and I, I'm, I'll be 70 next year. And Mary's going to be 66 next year, and there's still hope. All we had was five and always wanted another one, so there's still hope. <laughs> Anybody get a witness? <laughs> one man, I thank God. Us people of color, we have more faith than these white folks have, don't we? That's beautiful. Michael, you raised a hand. You did? Well, thank Well, me, let's come into a power agreement. Let's three get together. <laughs> and if it happens, Mary will come back and haunt you. Cause... <laughs> now, in verse 18, and you can put that scripture up there. I think it's the next slide. Who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations. He had no natural reason to hope, but Abraham... Believed in hope. No natural reason. Verse 19 said that he considered not his own body when he was about 100 years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. So in the natural, they were dead. He was dead and her womb was dead. But the Holy Ghost is a place of supernatural expectation that defies human reasoning. It just doesn't make sense. 1975, and I'm hurrying. Gertrude Tyser came to our little 1,600-square-foot building and gave a testimony. She had MS in the last stages of MS. And, but she had just got hold of the healer, that Christ is the healer, the devil is the oppressor, Christ is the healer. She got hold of that truth in her heart, in the place where Ramas live. And, and when they took her to the hospital for, in an ambulance because she was dying, when the orderly pulled her stretcher out, she had some high-heeled red shoes next to her body. And the orderly said, why do you have these red shoes? Because said, when Jesus heals me, I'm going to walk in these red high-heeled shoes. And she was saying that on the precipice of death. And they brought her to her room, and as she was laid in her room, uh, she died. Have you heard of Gertrude Tyser, Laura? You have? I don't know if she's still. That was back in 75 when she shared this testimony. And it, it, it never has left me. And when the, when the doctor put the sheet over her head, she was still in a body, said, Jesus, this must be it. There's no hope, and I'm believing still for my healing. When the doctor walked out, Jesus walked in. He said he walked next to her with the sheet covered, and he just touched her head. When he touched her head, said she leaped out of the bed on her tiptoes, totally healed. Of course, the Lord's manifestation left. And she walked down the hallways on her tiptoes praising God. All of this got saved. Nurses got saved. People were getting saved because the power of God was generating off of her life. The woman was dead, and God raised her because she had hope. Against all natural hope, against when she had no reason to hope, Gertrude Tyser hoped. Now, the power and promise of hope. There's one more thing on the slide, I think. And we'll stop here. Verse, uh, Dan, give me that. No, go the next one. I want that scripture. That one. That one. The power and promise of hope. 
Let thy not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. For surely there's an end, and thy expectation shall not be cut off. There's an end to every storm. I know that from my hunting and fishing days. I just want to say there's an end to your storm. Your day of adversity will always turn into the day of prosperity in Jesus' name. Your weeping will always turn back into joy as long as you're, you're in the God of hope. Sooner or later, that grace is going to kick in in Jesus' name. Your setback will become your comeback in Jesus' name. Micah the prophet said, Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When I fall, I'm going to arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord himself shall be my light in Jesus' name. Therefore, your expectation shall not be cut off. So don't give in, as Mary quoted. Don't faint in your heart, Galatians 6, 9. Don't give in, don't give up. Why not? Because we serve the God of hope. A better day is coming. God said through Jeremiah, For you know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. There are plans for good and not disaster to give you a future and to give you a hope in Jesus' name. I used to tell this to Lynn every day when she'd get in those depressed states that she'd come out of that manic state and, and she'd be down. And the only one she wanted in those states was me. She'd come back to her daddy. And I'd just minister her and I'd look at her. She was a beautiful, beautiful lady, 44 years old, just as pretty as her mama. I mean, just beautiful. You should see her. And Mary may have some pictures of her. Just beautiful lady. I tell her all the time, Lynn, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. Daddy, you don't know the things I've done. So then I don't care. I don't care what you've done. God forgives you. I forgive you. And I told her, I said, Lynn, the dream never dies. Never dies. She's in her dream now. I just want to tell you today, the dream never dies. God has a plan for your life. He has a future for you, and his dream lives in you. Brother Rod, I don't know what it is. We'll seek him and find out what it is for heaven's sake. I know what mine is. I'm to be a father to pastors and their wives, and that's it. You know, and I'm a father. I'm a grandfather to you, to the body, and, and I'm in my element. I'm flowing, and I've got joy. I mean, I have heartache, but i got joy because I'm right in my element here today. What has come to destroy you will one day edify you. In Jesus' name. I want to close with these final thoughts of hope and put on that CD worship, the worship thing by Jonathan. In just a minute, I'll tell you, get it ready. Yeah, you can go ahead and turn it on very low, though. I just want to encourage you. I choose to believe in providence rather than coincidence. And I'm not super spiritual. You can tell that by now. Super spiritual people don't know how to have fun. They don't know how to laugh. They're too serious. Joseph of old served the God of hope. You remember the story. Sold as a slave. Betrayed by his brothers. In Genesis 50-20, when he faced his brothers, what you meant for evil, God meant it for good. I want you to hear that. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it feels like. What is meant for evil, God will turn it for good. In Jesus' name. Even in, in, even in the face of death, God somehow will turn it to good. Out of death comes resurrection. 
I was in prison in the Jefferson Parish Jail for the unborn. The judge sentenced me to seven days in prison because I was the leader in my area. And he sentenced me in around Christmas. He thought I was a Christmas. He wanted to punish me. I could care less about I mean, Christmas is okay. My wife's a Christmas nut. Now, I don't like holidays because it stops my routine. And my wife's a Christmas girl. She, she decorates our homes. We've got 186 white snowmen and little white devils all over my house. And she got these rags hanging from every drawer. I can't get the spoons with Christmas rags. When we flush our toilet, it sings jingle bells and on and on. I took it away from her for seven, eight years. I gave it back, and she went, she went, she went over the hill with it. But I love her in spite of that. And God's a God of love. But he sentenced me, and, he, and I was supposed to be with the misdemeanors because that's what I was, a misdemeanor, a criminal trespassing. And he put me in with the felons. And the day before I went, God gave me an upfront word. The perfect love of God will cast out all fear. I didn't know what that word was for until I got in the pod with 17 felons. When I walked in, I knew something was, uh, was wrong, wasn't right. I could feel something very evil in the place. And I turned to my sailmate, which was Lizard was his name. I said, Lizard, who, who are these guys in here? He said, well, they're... This guy over there uh, is Abear, 75 counts of molestation. This other guy down here killed his wife. This other guy killed a grandma with a bat. This other guy raped and, and murdered a nine-year-old. And on and on. I said, my God, no wonder. Christmas Eve, I got to preach the 17 felons. In the fullness of time, God sent his son under the law, born of woman, to redeem them than on the law. Got to preach to all 17. Before I left, I got to pray with Lawrence Hebert, led him to Jesus, the molesting guy, an Abadie boy who had was indicted for raping and murdering a nine-year-old girl and burying her in leaves. I got to sit with him and listen to his story of the abusive dad and drunk mother left, dad that beat him all the time. And before I left, I got to kneel and pray the sinner's prayer with Abadie. But the judge meant for evil. God turned it for good. In Jesus' name. And that, that's the way he operates. In Jesus' name. You're sissy, aren't you, Brother Rod? No, I'm just tender. I'm just tender. Forgive me in my old age as I'm getting tender. So... Some of you may be in the valley of trouble. Today you're here by providence that you might see the God of hope. Better, better days coming. God has a future. God has a hope. Three prophetic steps into the God of hope. Believe, stand, and expect. Just stay there. Believe, stand, and expect. My, my daughter-in-law ex-daughter-in-law wrote me this letter. I had, she's on my mailing list. I sent her a storm letter I sent in June of 2008. Didn't know it was going to be prophetic. And I shared with the pastors that the storms of life are certain. By much tribulation we enter the kingdom. There's an end to every storm. 
And the storm faced with the grace of God will eventually have a good ending because we serve the God of hope. And she wrote me back in the process of a very terrible divorce with my oldest son. Uh, she lost her children to him, and she shouldn't have. She was really the innocent party in the marriage. And she wrote me back. said, I want to respond to your letter. And she I sent the last pastor's letter was her response to, to that. And she said, there's something wonderfully attractive about the storm. There's also something very frightening about it. It's dangerously unpredictable. A storm can turn an angelic sky. My seemingly happy marriage. I got three grandsons and a granddaughter by her. And she's a lovely girl. We love her. She was Mrs. Louisiana four years ago. Beautiful woman. I, sin makes no sense. This day makes no sense. Into a devil's cauldron. My divorce and loss of my children. There's a tension between the beauty and danger. There are things to be seen, heard, and experienced like nowhere else. I've learned to see God in places and things that I would have never thought to look previously. Just as David did in God, I've learned to take my refuge. Praying, believing, wide-eyed, waiting for God to make good his word. We serve the God of hope, the God of a better day. So every one of you that in the storm, I want all of us first to stand. Every one of you that's in a storm today, I came to bring you encouraging news that a better day is coming. If you're in the midst of a storm, I'd like for you to come while we're worshiping with this CD. Just keep, go ahead and bring the sound up. We're going to worship him up here. As you stand here, I want you to come standing. I want you to come standing, believing, and expecting that there's an end coming to your storm. I want you to believe as you stand here to expect God. My eyes are wide open, just like that young lady's. My, wide is, my eyes are wide open, waiting that you're going to make your word good. And when she closed her letters, she closed it with this word, the skies are clearing. And I want to say this over your storm today. The skies are going to start clearing. It may be midnight, but daylights are coming. It may be Friday, but Sundays are coming. In Jesus' name. There may be weeping for tonight and maybe tomorrow night, but joy is eventually going to come in the morning. In Jesus' name. And the day of adversity is going to turn into a day of prosperity. That's a promise. I'm just going to ask you to face your storm today. Lift up your hands to the God of hope. That through it all, God's working His will and His way. In Jesus' name. Father, You're the God of hope. You're the God of a better day. Father, these are Your sons. These are your daughters. I just remind you. I know you don't need reminding, but God, I'm reminding you who they are. They're not bastards. They're not rejects. They're not throwaways. They're somebody's going somewhere. And God, you have a plan and a future. God said, I have a plan and a future. A better day is coming. The worst is behind and the best is ahead. I said the worst is behind and the best is ahead. A new day is being dawned. Behold, all things, old things are passing away. Behold, all things are coming in you. But the Lord says, I'm a God of a new beginning. 
A new beginning is happening even now in your heart, says the Lord of hosts. And the bad things are passing away. And the glad things will come again. And joy will come back, says the Lord of hosts, in Jesus' name. And what the enemy has meant for your destruction, the Lord says, I'm going to turn it for your edification. Put your hands on their belly, in Jesus' name. God, these tears are going to be turned, turned into joy, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And I, I'm going to a lady here on the end. Mary, come with me that I saw weeping as she came. And I'm just going to say to you right now, and I'll, I'm reminded of, of, I think it's Psalms 58. God said, I record your tears in a book, and I store your tears in a bottle. And I see your tossings and turnings through the night. But the very day you call for help, the tide of your battle begins to turn. God, I declare right now, that this battle is turning in what the enemy has meant to destroy. Now, God, you're turning it now. Right now, right now, right now. I see a tidal wave going for your good in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, put your hand on the belly. God, come. Touch her deep. Touch her long. Remove all the wrong. The devil's a liar. The devil's a liar. He's hit you with everything he could hit you with, but you're still standing and you're still believing. You're still expecting because you've got faith on the inside of you. The devil, the accuser, I rebuke his powers. He's come against you and try to dissuade you and try to discourage you. But the Lord says, I'm here today to encourage you that everything is going to be all right. I'm going to bring you to that place in Jesus' name. In spite of the circumstances, joy is going to come. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I just want to say to you, I think the worst is behind. I really believe it's behind you. And I really believe the best is ahead of you. You know why I say that? I believe it's a raiment of you, but God's not a respected person. And I'm a nobody. I mean, I'm nothing. But God's everything. And He loves you with all His heart. And He's going to work it out for your good. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, you're doing a new thing, a fresh thing. A new thing in their family. A fresh thing. A new beginning. In Jesus' name. Touch her deep. Touch her long. God, remove all the wrong. In Jesus' name. What Satan has come. Young man, just lift up your hands. In Jesus' name. Amen. God, I can't take any more. I've suffered. I'm heartbroken. The Lord says, I'm going to put all the pieces back together again. The Lord's the healer of the broken heart. And I just see the Lord coming to heal. To heal. To heal, to put all the broken pieces back together again. Humpty Dumpty had a big fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again, but Jesus can. Jesus put all this back together again in Jesus' name. Jesus, there's a young evangelist here. God, strengthen him through the storms that he's facing in Jesus' name. God, give him grit. Give him grit. And give him grit. And young man, speak a word in season to give out now. Measure out of your hurt. In Jesus' name. And God's going to return it to you. Father, Holy Spirit, I thank you for this lovely lady. I thank you the best is ahead of her. In Jesus' name. You ever hear of the Red Sea? I'm sure you have. I'm just being. But the Red Sea. Uh, when Moses faced the Red Sea, Pharaoh was behind him. The Red Sea was ahead of him. Remember the story. I mean, he was trapped. He was locked in. God says, you're not trapped. I mean, it looks like you're trapped. Pharaoh's behind the Red Sea. God said, I'm going to open the Red Sea. I'm going to just get up and I'll start walking toward you. I'm weeping, but I'm walking. I'm hurting, but I'm healing. See, you've got to get up. Moses got down on his knees and cried. God says, get off your knees. You've cried out to me long enough. Go forward. 
Now I'm hearing the same. God says, now go forward. Go forward. The Red Sea is going to open in Jesus' name. Condoro by sheep got up. That's it. Take her out, Father. God, this young lady, she's a handmaiden of yours. She's your girl. She's your girl. She's your daughter. Put your hand on her belly. I just want to say to you from the psalmist, and don't take this, that your sins are as far as the east is from the west, and the Lord remembers them no more. And God has pity upon you like a good father. The Father has pity in Jesus' name. And God's going to take you out of the mess you've been in. He's going to take He's going to unmess you in this hour, and you're going to be a voice of His in Jesus' name. You're going to be like a mockingbird in the house of God, singing the praises of God, worshiping the Lord with all your heart in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You know, you're so sensitive, and you've not done anything real bad. I'm not saying that. But you're so sensitive, the accuser comes to you and tells you things, and he's a liar. You tell him, you hear that? He's a liar in Jesus' name. And we break all the intimidation that's come against our mind. And God, you said you, you refute the accusations, and God says they're refuted now. You're okay. You're okay. You're a good girl. Good girl. Thank you, Jesus. God, touch this young lady. God, touch her. Touch her. Remove everything that's hurt her in Jesus' name. Every wound, every word that's come against her mind, every word that's hurt her heart, God, in Jesus' name. Now the Lord says you're going to be okay. It's going to be all right. God says, I'm going to make the way before you perfect. I'm going to make your feet like hinds feet and cause you to walk upon your anointed places. Jesus, touch her deep. Touch her right down in that belly. God, in Jesus' name, that hope is springing up. In Jesus' name, God, I thank you for hope. I thank you this man is going to have a better day. In what Satan has meant for his destruction, God, you're going to turn it around. I said, I see the Lord said, I'm going to set a table for him in the midst of his enemy, and his cup is going to overflow. I hear prosperity. God says prosperity is coming to your house, into your work, to your life. In Jesus' name, more than enough. More than enough in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, touch her deep, touch her long. God, touch, 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 heal, deliver, set free in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I just have a little quick word. God says, speak to your mountain. Begin to speak to it. Begin to decree to it. Zerubbabel, when he faced the mountain, he said, grace, grace, grace. Begin to believe grace. You and I don't merit anything. You understand? It's all the grace of God. Everything we are is because of his grace. And I am what I am by the grace of God. You are what you are because of God's grace. Begin to believe in the grace of God, the strength of God to fill you, and then begin to speak it to that mountain and command it to move. And God said, it's going to be moved in Jesus' name. I just see some, I saw you back there. I just saw sadness. And, and, and I, I know what that is. And I'm just going to tell you, the Lord is coming with the spirit of gladness to your house in Jesus' name. And I shared last night. Were you here last night? I shared last night. You can't look back can't look back. You've got to quit looking back. I'm telling you, it'll destroy your mind. He who looks back is not fit for the kingdom. I don't care what's happened back there. It's history now. You can't fix the past. The past is finished. I don't know how many times I told that to my daughter. Then you can't fix the past. It's finished. It's over with. It's under the blood of Jesus. I just want to tell you, your past is under the blood of Jesus Christ. And, and you can't fix your future. God's going to fix your future. But today, today is a new day. And you're a good girl. You're a great young lady. And you're a keeper. And you're not a reject. You're not a bastard. You're a great girl in Jesus' name. And God said, my hand's on you for good, and I'm not letting you go. 
God's hands on you. When my aunt was getting ready to get a kidney operation for cancer, and, and she said, Lord, I'm going to hold your hand. She said, no, you don't hold my hand. You let me hold your hand. You let me go, but I'm not letting you go. I'm telling you, God's not going to let you go. He, he's going to shake some things now. There's going to be some shaking going on, but when, when it's all finished, you're going to end up full of joy, full of praise, full of worship in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. How, are you a member here? Where, where are you from? Okay, is this your first attendance here? Okay, amen. Can I give you a daddy's hug? You mind?